If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. Hank, I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson is hilarious. What the mother father spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide and toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at com On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, com. My guest this hour is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show before. Art Keller is his name. And uh, Art is a former CIA case officer as well as nationally recognized expert on Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, intelligence, terrorism, and nuclear proliferation. He has been published in the New York Times, Washington Post, on foreignpolicy.com. Art also has done commentary for National Geographic Channel, CNN, CBS, PBS News, and uh, a list that goes on and on and on. We're going to be talking to Art this hour about his book entitled Hollow Strength. It's about the CIA and Iran's nuclear program. It's his first novel, and uh, Art, great having you back with us. Thank you very much for joining us again. Thanks for having me back. It was uh, fun last time. It certainly was. It was also very interesting. And, you know, uh, last time when you were on, I don't know if we touched on it or not, but apparently, uh, you know, the, the tension in Syria is causing the intelligence community a bit of a headache. Oh, yes. Yeah, because everyone doesn't know, you know, which way to jump. It's really hard to know, essentially, who to support, because there's not necessarily an obvious successor to Assad that would be stable. So even if you have, like, a very repressive person in charge... Um, you know, in in the short term, repressive but stable is better than utter chaos. <laughs> you, you know what, Art? I find it uh, I find it rather strange that you know people aren't jumping into this entire Syrian uh, uh, Syrian fiasco and saying, "All right, even though there are atrocities being committed, or it may be sovereign nation, we just can't let this happen. We can't allow two hundred uh, civilians being killed a day. We're going to do something about it." Everybody's backing away. Yeah, well, if you think about it, that was really similar to what happened um, 
it's really similar to what happened in the Balkans. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it took years before the international community really started to intervene. And when it did so, it started mostly with airstrikes. And that was only after a few years. And that was only after the Srebrenica massacre, uh, where basically UN peacekeepers just kind of stood by as, as a bunch of um, Bosnian Muslims were, were executed. And so um, it's it's... People don't like to jump into messy situations, you know, as nations um, and as leaders, every every president or leader has to look at this and say, now, okay, how is my vital national interest at stake? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to have to justify this if I send soldiers over there and they start dying. And so it's, it, it, you're right. I mean, it's a funny calculation because morality is on one side and practicality is on the other. You know, plus, we can't take care of the soldiers that are coming home now. How in the name of heaven are we going to justify bringing more soldiers home that are either suffering from physical or mental disabilities? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I I have some friends who are mental health professionals, and and just the the outlook for the wave of PTSD Mm -hmm. that that are going to be, you know, striking our, our, our soldiers for decades they're going to be dealing with it and they have nowhere near the amount of mental health professionals trained to help out with that kind of stuff art so. stand by my friend you and i have to take our first two-minute commercial break exo nation my guest this hour is art keller and uh, he is a former cia case officer and in my books the cia are the unsung heroes when it comes to uh keeping keeping america and uh its allies including canada safe We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break in two minutes. For more information uh, on Art's book, here's his website, www.hollowstrength.com. That's www.hollowstrength.com. My name is Rob McConnell. Art Keller is my special guest. We'll both be back on the other side of this two-minute break. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. We all desire health, happiness, and fulfillment, but often get in our own way. Repeated patterns that leave us out of control can keep us feeling powerless, frustrated, and unable to move forward in spite of our best efforts. Unconscious patterning disconnects us from our gifts, often destroying the very thing we seek. But there is an answer. We can take charge of our destiny and heal the trauma of our history. Shamanism is an effective ancient modality that can reconnect us with our true selves, empower the creation of our dreams, and return us to health and balance. Cody Alexander is a certified shamanic practitioner and teacher with 11 years experience. Email healingpathways33 at gmail.com or visit codyalexander.net to schedule a long-distance shamanic session today. And welcome back, everyone. Art Keller is our special guest, and uh, he is the author of Hollow Strength. His website is www.hollowstrength.com. Art Keller is one of the few former spies who is no longer undercover and has been granted permission by the CIA to share his stories. He wants to let Americans know what's really going on in Iran. Once again, www.hollowstrength.com. Um... Just another, uh, just another tidbit about Syria before we get on to the main topic of today's conversation, which is the Iran and what's going on in Iran. Is it true, Art? And, and if you can tell us, I would appreciate it. But if not, because of security reasons, you know me, I understand it. Is another reason why nations are not moving very fast towards Syria is because of the possibility of dirty bombs. Well, yeah, I mean, there's considerable, considerable concern over Syria's, um, you know, weapons of mass mm-hmm. destruction, specifically their, their chemical weapons. Now, um, you probably recall that um, uh, Israel knocked out, um, I mean, there, were, there was very little coverage of it in the public, but basically in 2010, Israel attacked a building that looked remarkably identical to the design of a North Korean nuclear reactor under construction in Syria. Right. So everyone kind of presumed, all right, uh, they don't want them getting the uh, nuclear capability. So um, dirty bombs, I mean, most people usually think of them in terms of of, uh, RDDs, a radiological dispersion device, which is you just take something radioactive and pack some explosives around it, and then you got radioactive dust everywhere contaminating the heck out of things. It's, it's, I mean, it's definitely a risk, but those are more, um, more a weapon of, of terror than militarily effective because, um, you know, first of all, they don't, they don't you know, with limited inspect, uh, exceptions, unless mm-hmm. you happen to be standing next to the bomb when it goes off. If it does, you know, disperse some radiation device into you, it'll probably take years to kill you. What it is is it's just very scary because radiation is very scary. So it's it's more a weapon of of fear and intimidation than it is anything that's militarily effective. Now, chemical weapons, if that's what you were referring to, yeah, those are a real threat. And I've been getting a lot of uh, inquiries on the status of their chemical weapons program. And frankly. 
why well, I looked at Iran's. Uh, and Iran is a, is a good ally of Syria, so they likely have shared uh, chemical weapons technology. I really don't know the status of that. Wow. Um, I, I do know that <clears throat> there was a lot of rumbling when I was in Iraq as a weapons inspector that people were saying, oh, well, we're not finding any WD because uh, Saddam sent it to Syria. And I'm here to tell you that that's just nonsense because... Uh, we followed up on every report of that that we could, mm -hmm. and we found absolutely no, nothing to substantiate that. And if you think about it, Syria is Iran's and Iran and Iraq uh, are mortal enemies. Why would Saddam give all his weapons to uh, the closest ally of his deepest enemy? That's, that's, that's a good point. But when it comes to Iran, what kind of weapons of mass destruction do they have? That is a really good question. I've been, I've been brushing up on the chemical weapons stockpile, and, you know, the, the reporting on it is very shaky. Um, we definitely know that they constructed some at the tail end of the Iran-Iraq war in the late, uh, late 80s, and that uh, they continued to have some plants that might have been in operation as late as... Uh, 2000. But uh, what we don't know is, uh, did they shut those down permanently? And what is the fate of a stockpile? They have declared that they gave them all up. They have had some international inspections. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's a big country. There's lots of places to hide things in it. And uh, frankly, given all the problems that happened with them on their nuclear program, uh, and getting them to, to be forthcoming, and all the smoking guns, I have a, a hard time believing that they got rid of all of them. Um, I, I think they would hold on to them, uh, just at least a stockpile of them. But um, the thing about chemical weapons is they do have a shelf life. And so 10-year-old um, nerve agent, well, uh, you still wouldn't want to take a bath in it is much less effective than uh, a brand-new nerve agent. And, and the same could be said with, with others. Um, we're, we're having problems hearing you. Uh, if, uh, if you're using a cell phone, the wind is playing havoc with it. Oh, okay. Let, yeah, I, I think I can... Okay. I think I can Okay. See, this is better? this is what happens, ExoNation, when you do, talk, do an interview with a member of the CIA. You've got to talk to them in the middle of an unknown, unknown lake, in the middle of a undisclosed uh, state. <laughs> and, uh, th yeah, that's much better. Thanks, buddy. Here's a, here's a question for you. I, I know that the CIA does not have jurisdiction within the United States. However, uh -huh. however... When it comes to weapons of mass destruction, and if we're looking at Iran and saying, yes, they, they have chemical weaponry, and if they were planning a terrorist attack within the United States, I'm not saying they are, please, this is just totally hypothetical. Right. Is, is, is it possible that the, well, let's, let's say any outside country, instead of just pointing the finger at Iraq, uh, Iran, I mean, Freudian no. slip. Okay, um, is it possible that these uh, these terrorists from outside countries are already within the United States in sleeper cells, and they already have the the biological weaponry necessary to unleash in a massive terrorist biological attack? Well, I would say there's there's a good chance that they already are, are working to mm -hmm. infiltrate um, people, 
And I base that on a report from a, a friend of mine who writes for the Washington Post. He's one of their intelligence uh, correspondents. His name is Joby Warwick, and he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. Yes. And he did one uh, right at the uh, an, uh, an article right at the beginning of um, January, talking about how there had been reports of their commando teams, which is known as the Quds Force, had been sending people over to. Venezuela, which for people who don't know, um, the Iranian regime and Hugo Chavez, who's in, in charge of Venezuela, uh, are, are very buddy-buddy. Now, <clears throat> there's not really, having worked out of embassies myself, mm -hmm. there's not really any need to send uh, any large number of commandos over to serve them. That's not the kind of people you put in an embassy. Um, unless you're either A, training some of the locals, or B, planning some strikes, and you need a, a convenient place to base out of. So the presence of these Quds Force guys down in Venezuela is kind of worrying to me, and it does suggest that if, if um, you know, shooting starts, that, uh, that those commando teams could hit American interests throughout, you know, throughout, uh, I should say U.S. interests throughout mm -hmm. the Americas. Tell me, um, has Iran already started a campaign of assassinations targeting U.S., Israel, and Saudi, uh, and Saudi citizens? Yeah, yeah, it, it has, and it's, I'm sorry to say that it's gotten, uh, it's gotten worse since the last time uh, we spoke. Uh, again, um, uh, uh, referring to uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Warwick there, he did an article where he had uh, basically uncovered some information about a plot in, I want to say it's Azerbaijan, to target, um, to target U.S. diplomats. Subsequent to that, there has been um, a plot in Kenya to target uh, Israelis and Americans, and uh, the Kenyans had arrested people with, I want to say, 35 pounds of high explosives. Now, I don't know if you've ever been at a demo at these kind of high explosives like C4 or RDX. But I saw just one pound of this stuff blow a car 20 feet straight into the air. Wow. It is incredibly powerful. It's, uh, it's the explosive equivalent of Brill Cream. A little dab will do you when it comes to causing incredible damage. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's scary stuff. And 35 pounds is enough to do a lot of damage. Um, and, of course, there had been uh, plots in, uh, against Israelis mm -hmm. in Thailand. Israeli diplomats in Thailand, and then um, the the one that made big news several months ago was was the one that was targeting the Saudi ambassador in Washington D.C. But the scary thing is that had been set to happen in a prominent Georgetown restaurant, which would have killed many many Americans, including most likely uh, American lawmakers. So that would have and, been that would have been a. A uh, an assassination with goody goody collateral damage. Yes, and then uh, I'm sure everyone has heard just two three weeks ago. Bulgaria, uh, a busload of, of yeah, a busload of uh, Israeli mm -hmm. tourists uh, were were set ablaze yeah. in uh, Bulgaria. Right. And while Israel has been you know strongly condemning Iran, they haven't provided any proof. But let's be honest, who else? <laughs> 
who else really hates him that much right now? You um, know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and flies like a duck, then it's usually a duck. Yes, yes. All right, you and I have to take a commercial break, my friend. Uh, thanks very much for being with us. Always a great pleasure talking to you, and I, I wish you nothing but the greatest success with your book, Hollow Strength. And if you'd like to get a copy of Hollow Strength Exonation, www.hollowstrength.com is Art Keller's website at www.hollowstrength.com. Art Keller and I will be back on the other side of the news and some words from our fine sponsors. But before we go, I'd like to uh, just to give you a heads up on a few things here in the Exxon. The X Chronicles newspaper will be published now and available on Amazon.com each and every month. You just have to go to Amazon.com, type in the X Chronicles newspaper, and you'll be able to order your print version or get a download for your Kindle. We also have the X Chronicles newspaper available for your iPad, iPhone, uh, let me see, any Android handheld device. You can get it from us on a DVD that you just put it into your computer, click on a button, and you can read the uh, paper on our very special and our very own flip page program. Art Keller is my guest. We're talking about everything from Iran to Syria this hour, and we'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, do not go. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. 
Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. Yep, my name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, com. Don't forget to visit the all-new Relmar McConnell Media website. Relmar is the parent company of the Exxon Radio TV show, Paragators, the X Chronicles newspapers, and all the other companies uh, that I am affiliated with. Their new website, www.rel-mar.com. Exonation Art Keller is my special guest. It's great having Art with us. And Art, as a former law enforcement officer, I have a lot of respect for the work that CSIS in Canada does and, and the work that the CIA does, because if it wasn't for the intelligence community, our law enforcement agencies and our military agencies would be blind to what's going on outside of the of the um, of the territorial limits as set by our great country's boundaries. So, um, thanks, Art, to you and the other guys who who do such a great and I know unthankful job because people when they think of the cia they you know like cloak and dagger but you guys perform one hell of a service and thank you very much well uh, you're 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 very welcome and uh, it, it's nice to hear it it's it's true it's unappreciated i'm i'm minded of something that um a lot of people they don't really understand that a lot of what what the cia was originally set up to do was do strategic intelligence, not necessarily tactical, you know, uh, mm-hmm. minute-by-minute stuff. And, and we've really had to retool to focus on things like terrorism um, to to a- avoid attacks before they happen, because that's not the way the, the agency was originally designed. And uh, an example of that is during the first desert storm after it was over, uh, General Schwarzkopf complained that he didn't get any support from the CIA. And what he was missing is he got plenty of support. Uh, he just didn't get it in the way that he expected. We had gotten them the plans for the T-72 tank, so they wow. knew everything they needed to know about how their enemy was equipped. Um, but that was a, a, you know something that took years to develop, and it's not something you can turn around mm-hmm. on a dime. He was expecting, you know, battlefield intelligence, and that's not what the CIA exists to do. That's what uh, that's what the other intelligence agencies for, because the DOD has several of their own, whose job it is to, to generate that kind of real-time battle, battlefield support. It, it sounds like the general was watching too much TV. Yeah, yeah, that's not an <laughs> unknown uh, problem in, in U.S. policymakers. Uh, Dick Cheney was uh, reported to be a very big fan of 24, and He's actually known to have said, well, why can't the CIA be more like Jack Bauer? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's because he used to also watch the Bugs Bunny show, and he used to root for the uh, the Coyote instead of the Roadrunner. I don't know. Yes, I don't know either. <laughs> Can you explain to our listeners what the role of the CIA is in our modern society? Well, um, you know, it is it is one of... Mainly, in, in 90, 95% of what it, what it does is intelligence collection. And so that's just, you know, essentially stealing secrets. Mm-hmm. It, it's your job to figure out what people are trying to hide from us and figure out a way to get that, whether that be recruiting someone 
or figure out a way to slip a, a listening device into an embassy or consulates or to, you know, slip a computer virus onto a computer that opens up that computer and, and makes it turn out its secrets. Um, it, it's mostly intelligence collections. The other 5% of what the agency does, which is generally falls in the, in the area of covert action, that's what gets the CIA in trouble. Uh, 90% of the trouble comes from 5% of the work. Uh, and, and covert action is really, um, you know, it was, it was created by the National Security Act of 1947, and it used a very vague language that said essentially um, it's the CIA's job to collect information and then what, what other activities the president may from time to time direct. So that was really quite vague, and it has since um, gotten a lot more uh, regulatory definition because uh, – you know, there were some abuses in the 60s and 70s of things that have, you know, since stopped happening. But these days, you know, when I can talk about my own division that I was part of the counterproliferation, um, you know, it, it's different from the State Department's nonproliferation bureau, which tries to use diplomacy to stop mm -hmm. things. Sometimes the counterproliferation uses a little bit more direct action. Well, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you need to carry... Uh, it, it, I, sh I should say it's nice to carry a stick, but sometimes you have to use it. Yes, yes. And so I'm sure your listeners have heard the word Stuxnet. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, I don't know if they've heard uh, there's an interesting tidbit. I have yet to have it confirmed. I've asked several people. But an uh, uh, interesting thing uh, surfaced about a week ago about a scientist from the Atomic Energy Organization of Iran saying they just had another computer virus attack. Of course, that's, that's what happened uh, in 2010. They suffered an attack from the Stuxnet virus that ruined about 1,000 of their nuclear centrifuges. Oh, jeez. So the program back a bit. Uh, they just had another one, uh, which apparently ruined some of the, uh, the uh, desktop computers at one of those facilities hmm. and messed with their equipment. Well, seems that we just lost. Oh, are, are you there, Art? Art, are you there? Well, see what happens when you talk to a secret agent guy? You get cut off. We're going to be trying to uh, get Art back. Uh, Craig, can you do your magic, please? Thank you. All right, XO Nation, Craig did his job. We do have Art Keller back. Sorry about that, Art. Must be uh, sunspots or mercuries in retrograde or else... Somebody didn't want this conversation to continue. My personal belief is either sunspots... A microwave spike, or just something out of our hands called technology. Yes. All right. So, so where were we before we dropped? We were talking about uh, the the role of the CIA and your role in the count in the in the uh, what you did in the CIA. Right. Yeah, I was just uh, talking about the latest uh, rumored attack was one that uh, knocked out some computers yes. in the Atomic Energy Organization of Iran. And uh, I thought this this attack had good style points because it knocked out some computers and left the other ones playing ACDC's Thunderstruck. <laughs> <laughs> How close or does Iran have its own nuclear bombs? Or how close are they to having them? And when do you think Israel is going to put its foot down and say enough? 
Well, Israel's been wanting to do that for quite a while, uh, even though there's a, an article just today in Haaretz, which is an Israeli newspaper, saying that while uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and others in the Israeli administration are for it, that a lot of people in the Israeli defense, defense forces are not necessarily for it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to make that calculation. But um, if we're talking about do what knowledge, when, when will they have the knowledge to build a bomb? Frankly, they probably already have it and have had it for a while. Yeah, they probably got uh, it from the Internet. Yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, they, they have <laughs> had a, a, a robust program for quite mm-hmm. a while, and they've been doing all all sorts of research that is necessary to uh, to build a bomb. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, they didn't want to let uh, IAEA inspectors into a place called Parchin because uh, the IAEA and the U.S. had strongly suspected that they were working on what's known as the physics package, basically the explosives and the other parts outside the fissile material necessary for a nuclear weapon. And so, um, you know, they, they didn't let inspectors in, and now there's been satellite evidence of them cleaning up the site, just mm-hmm. like they cleaned up another site. was in in three or 2004, another site the IAEA wanted to inspect. Um, now- they cleaned that one up by bulldozing it entirely. And then they said, sure, come and look. <laughs> All right, but, you know, short of uh, a... a, 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 a- um, a strike by a strike by I uh, you know by either Israel or members of the of the good guy squad. What can be done to force Iran into stopping making nuclear weapons? Well, that's that's very much a tough one. Um, you know, they, they've they've shown a lot of intransigence, and in a way, their own supreme leader has painted himself into a because in 2003 he issued a fatwa, you know, a religious degree, decree saying nuclear weapons were evil and that therefore Iran wouldn't be going for them. Now, he reiterated that several times since. Now, the problem is, you know, in order to, to, to make a clean break with their past and fess up, Mm-hmm. They know that that would mean letting in inspectors and letting them talk to the scientists that we've been trying to talk to for quite a while. And I think they know that we would find evidence of a military program because there are just too many hints that they've had one. But Which what would in turn prove, prove that the Supreme Leader has been lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, his status is a little bit shaky over there now. So I don't think he can afford to endanger his own power base by having them having himself publicly humiliated in front of the entire world. So what kind of sanctions could the world actually impose on Iran that would possibly make a difference? Well, uh, you know, a new round just came into effect, and they were actually, I think, rather uh, seamlessly clever, because there was one that that they imposed that I never would have thought of. and I, I think it's really hurting Iran. They just imposed basically sanctions from, uh, you know, London is the international uh, maritime center for right. shipping and insurance. And they just said, okay, well, we're no longer allow going to allow any other country's tankers that go to Iran to pick up oil to be insured. And so, you know, 
the super tanker happens to be a pretty costly item, and people don't want to operate them without insurance. So if Iran can't sell its oil and get it out, mm-hmm. that's that's another shot in the foot. So uh, and news is suggesting that that you know the, the sanctions are really biting there, but it's a question of you know at the end of the day the top. Well, that regime, they're more they're more concerned with their personal political survival than they are the pain and suffering of the Iranian people. So it's going to have to get pretty bad over there before they could they can make um, you know any concessions. But I, that being said, there's one thing that I'm kind of wondering why we and no one in the EU and, and no one else is is pushing because there's one area for cooperation that I really think we should be exploring, and we're not. Um, in, in a recent negotiation, they said, okay, here's a five-point plan, and we want all these five things, and, and frankly, 95% of them are unrealistic. They weren't going to happen, but one mm-hmm. thing that they asked for was, we want cooperation on counter-narcotics, and that's actually a perfect area for cooperation because, you know, in Afghanistan, the Taliban makes a lot of money in the drug trade, yep. and Iran has a huge drug trade, so they don't like the narcotics either. It seems like a, a one area where it would be a win-win if we cooperated. And, you know, if we had some real progress on that, then that would give them, that would give the leaders of Iran the space within their own country to say, well, you know what, we've gotten something from this. Maybe we can make a concession on the nuclear program. Is it possible? Right now, I'm, I'm sorry, Yard, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, right now they've backed themselves into a, into a corner by swearing up and down mm-hmm. they don't have it. And, and and demanding a bunch of concessions from the West first or even considering, uh, you know, cutting back on enrichment so that it, it's really at an impasse. But I'm sorry, go ahead. You were saying, I, is, is I, what possible? I was just going to say, is it possible that the powers to be who are opposed to Iran, really don't want peace, that they're just waiting for the excuse to enter Iran and just smuck them down? I don't think so, at least uh, at least not on the U.S. side. Yeah. Um, there, there's certainly a faction within Israel that prefers the certainty of, well, if that facility is blown up, obviously you can't mm-hmm. make anything with um, but I, I think there is a growing appreciation within the U.S. that uh, at best it could be extremely messy and have a lot of undesirable economic consequences, not to mention, you know, loss of life all around. The fact that so, this is a presidential year, is this also yeah. playing heavy into the decisions or any decisions that are being made by the U.S. Uh, towards Iran? Well, you know, presidential politics always count. It's just a question of how do they count. Mm-hmm. Um, and every, that has to be injected into every uh, equation. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, I do think that... Um, no. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. And welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour, Art Keller. He's got a great book out. Hollow Strength, it's available at www.hollowstrength.com. That's www.hollowstrength.com. What message would you like to leave with the listening audience of the Exxon Nation uh, tonight, Art? Well, um, when it comes to the book, if they just enjoy a good, exciting spy thriller, Mm -hmm. then, you know, check out the book. And I I wanted to also say that on the... uh, on the website, there are uh, the first nine chapters, so they can download that for free and check it out. And then if they like it, they can go buy it on the Holostract website, or they can get it at Amazon.com as a, as a Kindle book. They can get it on uh, Barnes & Noble as a notebook. They can get it on the Holostract website as both, or as a PDF, and of course, as a paperback. So... Uh, it's available from a lot of different places, and if you like something that's authentic by someone who kind of knows the subject from inside out, then they should really enjoy that. What was it like being working in the field as a CIA operative? You know, how did you? It was it the cloak and dagger that we see on TV. Did you have to tell your families that you were a brain surgeon in Geneva, Switzerland, in order to carry out your missions, or did they know that you were with the CIA? My immediate family knew, but I definitely, you definitely learned the wisdom of, of caution on that because, truthfully, the news that um, oh my son works for the CIA is a lot more titillating than the news that my son is a plumber. So. You really have to be careful about who you share that information with. And I, I did have one or two mishaps within my family of, you know, I come home and, and it's like, 
um, how do these dozen people know that I'm undercover? I told you this was a secret. So, um, yeah, you do have to be careful of that. And, you know, there's there's more paperwork than there is cloak and dagger, but there is still cloak and dagger going on. I mean, I, I've still, you know, participated in operations where you're, you were going to essentially break into a building to, to steal information on computers, that hmm. kind of thing. It is rare, um, you know, because, frankly, it's, it's much better and easier to figure out someone who works for the company that has that information and recruiting him than it is to do the very much riskier thing of trying to get in there yourself and hoping you don't get caught. But, uh, you know, mm. both do still go on, and, and, and there, there are other aspects, particularly in, in the covert action, that are very much stuff that you would see in a movie. Um, if, it, if it ever got out, some people's eyes would pop out of their head about some of the, the very interesting operations that go on. Well, maybe the next time you're with us, we can talk about operations that have gone on that you can talk about. But, Art, until that time, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I love your book. And uh, until then, my friend, take care of yourself. Thanks a lot, Rob. Bye-bye now. Pleasure being on. Bye-bye. Exo Nation, my guest this hour has been Art Keller. He is the author of Hollow Strength. It's available at www.hollowstrength.com and fine bookstores online and brick and mortar everywhere. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'll be back. Don't go 